Welcome to The Road Back to Life with Ashley and Don, a program brought to you by Patients for Patients with Kidney Disease and their Families, hosted by The Road Back to Life, a mentoring group for kidney patients. For more information on The Road Back to Life, visit us at theroadbacktolife.com. Now here's your hosts, Ashley and Don. Hi, Don. How are you today? Well, I'm doing fine, Ashley. And yourself? I'm good. Thank you. Um, On today's show, I thought it would be nice for our listeners to get a sense of who we are and a little bit of what we've gone through. You and I are both kidney patients and each have had our own journey with this disease. And I'd like to talk more about that, dialysis, some of the hard parts we've faced, and a little bit about transplant and what has kept us going. So why don't we just start from the beginning and Don, why don't you tell us what kind of kidney disease you have and how old you were when you were diagnosed? Yes, Ashley, my, uh, my kidney disease is called polycystic kidney disease or uh, PKD. Um, it's a hereditary disease. I, I got it from my father and I was 26 when I was diagnosed uh, back in the 70s. That was the magic year that you could be diagnosed with polycystic kidneys. Uh, too sooner than that, uh, they said that there wasn't uh, enough uh, stuff with the, with the dye and the, and the x-ray and whatnot that they could really tell for sure. At 26 and a little older, then uh, they realized that that was just a good year for it to work. It just kind of Kind of always seemed strange to me. It was the magic number was 26. And then the following year, when I was 27, they had this new thing called, uh, called ultrasound. And, and you know, we're all used to ultrasound now, and it's, it's kind of like one of those common words when you talk about going in and, and getting, instead of x-rays, you get ultrasound. And, uh, and it's a lot better for you, healthier for you than, than the x-rays. But uh, so at 26, I was diagnosed. 27, uh, it was a, uh, a confirmation. And so at that point, um, they realized uh, that I had it, and uh, I, I had a hard time with, with that whole process. Um, from 26 to 55, that's when I started my dialysis. And, uh, and so polycystic kidney disease is, is basically when your kidneys fill up full of cysts. So it's poly meaning many and cystic meaning cysts. So that's what happens with your kidneys. They fill up full of cysts and pretty soon they don't function enough to keep you alive. So uh, I had a lot of time, I had about 30 years, a little less. Uh, you know, to uh, to think about all this, and and I didn't. I I didn't want to deal with it. I was angry and and stuff. But uh, that's what I had, and uh, and still do. Uh, and Ashley, what what type of kidney disease uh, do you have? And and how old were you when you were diagnosed? So I have medullary cystic kidney disease. And I was diagnosed at 15 years old. Uh, Medullary cystic kidney disease is just a fancy word um, for um, high uric acid. So it 
causes symptoms like high uric acid in the body and high blood pressure, and it can also cause cysts on your kidneys, but that actually only happens in about 40% of patients, and I was lucky enough to not have to deal with cysts on my kidneys, Uh, but I was first diagnosed with urate nephropathy, uh, which is another form of kidney disease that also uh, means high uric acid that my kidneys can't flush out. So it causes symptoms like gout and joint issues and can cause high blood pressure. But through genetic testing uh, that I received when I was doing my transplant workup at the University of Washington, they found out I actually have medullary cystic kidney disease. So that was about 12 years after my initial diagnosis. So I did find out that my form of kidney disease is genetic. Uh, It's pretty rare, but uh, through genetic testing, I was actually able to find out which one I actually had, which was kind of interesting. Um, Don, could you tell us what type of dialysis you did do when you were ready to start that? Yes, I I chose, uh, for a lot of reasons, I I chose uh, in-center hemodialysis. which simply means is I went to a kidney dialysis center and uh, hemodialysis is where uh, they, the blood comes uh, through a fistula, comes out in, in a small tube and goes in through the machine and is pumped through an artificial kidney and then back into your body. And it does this several, several times an hour. And, uh, and so that, that's the type I did, and there's reasons why I did that. And I think people ought to, ought to really keep all their options open as to which ones that will not only work for them, but will work for their families, too. Um, for me, uh, I was newly married, um, and, you know, I my wife worked, and, and I just didn't want to have her come home and then have to deal with helping me get on a kidney machine at home. And, and so by doing it in center, uh, it relieved uh, that whole situation so she could come home uh, and relax. And actually, I would go in in the morning uh, because you can pretty much set your times oftentimes in these places. You go in in the morning, get done, be home by 1 o'clock. If I wanted to take a little nap, I could. And then, you know, I would uh, take in and fix dinner, make sure dinner was was ready, go grocery shopping, uh, clean the house, and so on and so forth. So my wife could have free time when she got home, and her and I could actually have free time when when she was home. So it it, in-centered hemodialysis really worked well for me. Um, It it was challenging, (laughs) to say the least, but, um, and we'll get into that maybe a little bit later, but, but that was, that was it for me. And, and I know Ashley, uh, you too, you did a little different kind of dialysis. Uh, So what type did you do? So I first started with home peritoneal dialysis. It was a discussion that I had had with my doctor. And with my active lifestyle, we decided that peritoneal would be the best fit for me. So I started with in-home peritoneal dialysis. It ended up 
not working well just because I was having complications with my catheter, which was a small tube that was inserted into my stomach and went into my peritoneum. And I would fill it with um, dialysis fluid. And that's how I would dialyze. But I was having some complications. So I ended up switching to in-center hemodialysis. And I did that for about six months before I got my call for transplant. So I was able to experience two types of dialysis before my transplant, which they each have their hard parts. Uh, So Don, could you tell us what has been the hardest part of your journey with all of this? Yeah, for me, uh, the the hardest part uh, was getting over the anger. Um, You know, like I said, I was, 26 when I was diagnosed. By the time I went on dialysis, I was uh, 55. So, you know, that's like 29 years of thinking about this and not thinking about it. And when I did think about it, I didn't want to think about it and all that kind of stuff. And and so I was angry, you know, I got the old why me's going. And, uh, and so what, what I did in, in, you know, it's, Kind of my upbringing is, I was told that when you were faced with, you know, uh, diseases in life that are catastrophic and and such as kidney disease, you had to learn to fight. You had to fight in order to survive. And and so I did. I, I fought the doctors. I fought the kidney machine. I fought the diet. I fought, I fought everything that, that was really good for me and I should have been doing and I I was fighting it and I wasn't getting anywhere. In fact, I really wanted a transplant at the rate I was going. I was never going to be on a transplant list because I wasn't a good enough patient. And so I I woke up about nine months after doing this. I just kind of had one of them light bulb moments. It just kind of hit me. And I, I said to myself, you know, this just isn't working, and and I need to change. So, what I what I realized with this light bulb moment that the things I was fighting should have been the things I was embracing. I needed to actually embrace the kidney machine. You know, I've had a, been talking to patients for a number of years, and, and I've literally told and asked hundreds of people, if not thousands, you know, what is the purpose of the kidney machine? Why was it invented? And they they all say, well, it's it's to clean your blood. And I, I would tell them, you know, that's a good answer, and it definitely does that. But that's not why it was invented. It was invented to give us life. And if it's was invented to give us life, then I had to learn how to live that life with this machine. And and, it, and I had to realize it wasn't a torture device designed to make my life miserable. Instead, when I embraced it, it actually uh, wasn't that big a deal, uh, it, you know, but I had to mentally em- embrace this thing, you know, and and many times people don't want to make the changes and they keep doing the same things over and over and over and, and trying to make it work for them. And, and, you know, that's like me, I had to realize that that is the 
the, the real definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And, and, and you know, if I wanted the results to change, I had to change. And, and so one of the first things I did, and I had to take them one at a time, was learn to embrace the machine. That was my big deal. Uh, so I came in that next time I was uh, to have dialysis, and uh, I asked the nurse, I said, can I hug the machine? <laughs> and she looked at me kind of funny, and she goes, uh, why? <laughs> and I said, I got to learn how to embrace this machine and accept it into my life. And, and uh, I'm going to, you know, with with your permission, I, I want to hug this thing and thank it for keeping me alive. So I did that until I actually believed it. And then it, from there, it went with the diet. It went with, with, uh, with my doctor. Then it was, you know, the system, the, how everything has to work together. You know, and it's there for a reason, and it's to keep us healthy and keep us alive and keep us going so we can live our life. And I had to do all that. And once I did that, and it took me a little time, but once I did that, then everything just turned all around. And, and um, a year later, I was, I was transplanted. So uh, I guess the hardest part was just, simply getting over the anger and and quitting fighting the things that were actually good for me, you know, and, and Ashley, I, I know that you've been transplanted. Was, was your transplant from a living uh, or a deceased donor? And, and how has your life changed since getting a transplant? So my transplant was from a deceased donor I had a lot of friends and family test to be a living donor for me, and they didn't work out for one reason or another. Um, Something kind of crazy that happened was my husband was actually a perfect match, but they ended up finding cancer in one of his kidneys. So that was a blessing in disguise. Um, But yes, I did receive a transplant from a deceased donor. I did have to wait a little bit longer because I'm not very tall. I'm only 5'3", so they were waiting for a kidney that would fit my frame since the kidney does go in the front right next to your bladder. So someone who's six foot four, their kidney isn't going to fit in someone who's five foot three. It just would be too big. So I did wait a little bit longer for a smaller kidney. Um, And since getting a transplant, my life has completely changed. But the main thing is that there's a lot less worry. Before my transplant, I got sick easily and I dealt with a lot of medication side effects, and I don't have to deal with that anymore. So it's been, you know, three years on March 25th since I received my transplant, and it's working really well. It's, it's settling into my body. It's working with all my other organs, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. I, it's been over a year since I've had a hospital stay just because I'm healthy and I'm doing well and I'm feeling good. And I just, I just don't have to, I don't have those worries that I had before. I mean, I still have to be careful with certain things since I am a transplant patient and I have to be smart, but I don't have the worries that I had before transplant. And I'm just so grateful for this gift that I received. Um, But Don, if you could give one piece of advice to other kidney patients, what would it be? 
Well, I, I think uh, it's actually three pieces of advice. It's You could wrap it all up into one, I guess. But number one, I would, I would say you can do this. Um, it, it doesn't take special people to do this. Anybody can do this. You can do this. Um, and, and you need to find a way to make the things that you dread the most uh, workable for you. And, and such as I did, I had to, had to realize that, that I had to embrace rather than fight. And, and while you're embracing, you can still fight, but you don't fight the things that are good for you. So, so in doing this, I just want them to know that they can do this. This is, this is not an impossible journey. It is very doable, and it's and sometimes it's challenging, and sometimes it's easier for others than it than it is for for someone else. So, uh, and vice versa. And then the second thing I, I think, as soon as you find out you've got a a uh, you have chronic kidney disease, then you need to find a nephrologist and you need to talk to them and, and you need to talk to them about the possibilities of, of transplant uh, as soon as you can. Um, one of the ladies that would come to our support groups and our mentoring classes, uh, and she was there whenever there was one of those classes, and she asked us questions and wanted to know where she could get information and so on and so forth. Uh, about all of this stuff, and and we gave her places to go on the web. She found some places to go on the web. The social worker was there and helped her through some information and and so on and so forth. But through her diligence and doing this, she actually got a transplant and didn't have to go on dialysis. Now, let me just preface that a little bit with the fact that that don't happen very often, but it does happen. And it could happen to you, or it could shorten the time up that you take, uh, would have to wait uh, to get a, a transplant. And so, you know, it's really, really important because as soon as you, you find out that you, you're going to have, that you have kidney disease and you're going to have to go on dialysis at some point, then you need to find out whether or not what well, you really want to transplant. And if you do, you talk to your doctor then and do the things you need to do to do that. And then, and then I think the third thing is, is if, if you're a negative type person, you need to switch things over and be a positive person. If you think you're a positive person, take a good look at, at, uh, at yourself and become that much more positive because uh, you have to get the negative stuff out of your mind and, and out of there and clears the way for you to do the things you really need to do for you to remain healthy and get what you want out of life. Um, I, I just know for me, I don't have a lot of room for a lot of negative stuff. Uh, when it comes my way, uh, I I don't give it any credence and I move on. I I just don't have time for that. Uh, and, and so those would be the three things, the three pieces. 
you know, of advice. And I think if you make an honest attempt at doing those three things, you'll change your life's direction. You, you'll not only uh, uh, change your life's direction, but your life will actually become easier. But only you know what you need to do. So by doing these three things, you'll also start advocating for yourself, which is very, very important. If you do not advocate for yourself, then you will not uh, get very far in this because nobody should have to try to figure figure uh, in uh, what uh, what you're trying to do. Um, Ashley, I, I, I got a, a couple more questions for you. Um, you know, I, I've answered what's been part, the hardest part of my journey. What has been the hardest part of your journey? And then, you know, I think it's really important for people to understand, have you been able to do the things you enjoy in life despite having chronic illnesses? Yes. Um, I've actually made it a point to continue doing the things that I love because it helps keep you positive. When I was on dialysis, um, I loved hiking and being outdoors. So I continued doing that. And there were days that I didn't feel great or I was more tired or felt a little worn out. And so it would take me longer to get up that mountain and I would just make adjustments. So I would take my time. I would take extra breaks. I would bring snacks with me and extra water uh, just so that I was prepared. And the people who were with me, they would take their time as well. So I just made adjustments, made accommodations so that I could keep doing the things that I loved because that kept me positive. It was something that I looked forward to. So on dialysis, I would plan my next hike or I'd be researching where I was going to go next. And it was just something later in the week to look forward to, something to get excited about. And it it made each day easier, um, and it kept me moving forward, which I think is really important, especially when you have something hard in your life that's happening. Um, but I transplant, honestly, or dialysis wasn't the hardest part. For me, it was actually transplant. And I would absolutely do it again, and it was definitely worth it. But it was a challenging first year. I kind of had this picture in my mind that I would get a transplant and I'd be a superhero. So the next week, I'd be feeling good. I'd be back to work. I'd be doing all the things I loved. And that just didn't happen for me. It took a little bit longer. took about a year. And my transplant nephrologist did say that my year was a little bit more challenging than most. Um, but, you know, I'm feeling good now. And it took longer, but it was absolutely worth it. It I suffered from a small bout of rejection, and I had some medication side effects and just some other things that went on. But if it wasn't for that year, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I don't think I would be as grateful as I am for getting to this point because I was able to get through that rough year because of the amazing support that I have around me and my family and friends. So they were the ones that I was able to lean on and they really helped me get through that hard part in my life. And, you know, transplant was a little bit more emotional than I expected it to be. Um, getting a transplant from a deceased donor um, has its emotional aspects, definitely. So that was something that I needed to work through as well. So it was a tough year, 
but I'm here today and I'm doing well and everything's working and I'm so incredibly grateful for my gift and that year because now I'm here doing all the things that I love. And so, like I said, it was absolutely worth it. Um, But we've talked about a lot of different things today, Dawn, and kind of shared bits and pieces about us and our journey. But is there anything that you'd like to add to what we've been talking about? Yeah, I think, Ashley, that uh, there are just a couple of things here. And I, 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 I would remind people uh, to remember not to lose who you are. Uh, you're not a kidney disease. You may be a, uh, a father or a mother, a sister, a brother. Uh, you, you may be an aunt or an uncle, maybe a cousin. Yeah, you know, you may be the boss, maybe you're a coworker, um, any of those things. And, uh, and those are the important things you need to remember. Uh, you're not a kidney disease. That's way down on the list. It's something you have. It's not who you are. Okay? It's easy to fall into that trap of, of living and thinking and making excuses why you can't enjoy joining in with the family or are going out at different events that, uh, that you've enjoyed in the past. Uh, you know, and I would encourage you, do those things. Do those things even if you don't feel like it. Go out and do them, and then just remember, you know, kidney disease, I'll say it again, is what you have. It's not who you are, because if it becomes who you are, your kidney disease will take you into a lot of dark places you don't want to go. I know that from experience. Um, I would suggest that uh, if, if you start thinking and and planning your life around dialysis, doctor's appointments, kidney disease, and that's your every waking moment's thought, you're doing it all wrong. You need to start planning uh, family events and stuff and start going places and doing the things you enjoy. That way, the kidney disease is going where you want to take it. It's not taking you and dragging you around where you don't want to go. So remember, I don't lose sight of who you are. You, you're not a kidney disease. And in, and in saying that, I would encourage you to just take and remember this. We, uh, we, we're here to help you through this journey. And if there's anything that we can do along the line, uh, just listen to the beginning and the end of this show, and you can contact us there. I thank you. I'm Don. Ashley thanks you, and have a good day. We hope this week's show has provided you with valuable information and inspiration you can apply to your life. Keep in mind, anything said on this show is for educational purposes only. As always, we encourage you to write down your questions and take them with you to your health care provider. If you have any questions for us, or would like to talk to one of our mentors at The Road Back to Life, please feel free to email us at mail at theroadbacktolife.com, and we'll be happy to assist you. Now here's Dawn with this week's Thought for the Day. Always turn a negative situation into a positive situation. Michael Jordan
This is Steve Johan on behalf of Ashley and Don and the team at The Road Back to Life saying thank you for listening to The Road Back to Life with Ashley and Don and for allowing us to be part of your journey. For more information on The Road Back to Life, visit us at theroadbacktolife.com. Now, go out and be kind to one another.